Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. We are privileged to have a guest today. It has been a while since I have conducted an interview, but if I did have to interview someone, I would much prefer it be this guest because we do talk all the time, and I've actually been on his show a lot recently. He is the host of Just the Best Literature here on KPCG, and in the December 23rd co-worker letter, Mr. Gerald Flurry announced that this man has a new podcast called Shakespeare's Royal Education. So welcome to my guest, Mr. Dennis Leap. Well, thank you. So good to be here. So you might have, you must have been pretty excited to have yeah. that announced in the coworker letter like that. Uh, I can't begin to tell you how excited I was. <laughs> so there are 16 shows on KPCG now, which has been up since... 2015 it's going on seven full years now and it seems like a lot of people are curious about what exactly transpires to make a new show come into existence and you said that mr gerald flurry talked to you directly about starting the show so how did that go well it you know it's it's really uh interesting of course i think a lot of people out there know maybe they don't know that that uh mr flurry and i go back a long a long time i first met him when i was 23 so now that I'm 69, I'll let you do the math. So we've, we've known each other quite a long time. And uh, one thing that, that, that I think Mr. Flurry and I have always shared is our love of literature and books. And uh, I, I know I've uh, been a lot of trips with him where you know, we each, each take a book along and, and uh, he'd be reading some book of poetry and of course I knew he really liked Shakespeare and, and of course my undergraduate degree is you know, in English literature, and I had to take a huge segment on Shakespeare. You know, it was, it was tough. It was really hard. And uh, uh, so, so the, the the thing is, is what really um, sparked me when when the radio began. I just thought, oh, I've got to, I've got to have a piece of this. I've got to be a part of it. And and I first, uh, you know, pitched to I think it was to your uncle could I do a radio program called just the best literature? And, uh, you know, because they were hunting for a variety of things and, uh, it got, it got approved like immediately. And so, so the, the point is I would, uh, meet with Mr. Gerald Flurry and then we would talk about what books we would do on the radio. And so, so that kind of opened up the door for us to have even more discussions. And of course he's, he's very well read in, what I would consider the best literature. And so, so we, we developed from that. And then when, uh, I kind of, um, changed my job a little bit and moved out of the you know field ministry and, and, and to headquarters, uh, I always wanted to teach literature and the opening came up, they had, they had to move some ministry around. And so that's when I got the Shakespeare class. And so, so I have the English literature class for first semester than I have the Shakespeare class. So uh, that was really exciting. But but the thing that really got me going on the idea of starting the Shakespeare podcast was 
when your uh, when Mr. Gerald Flurry gave the um, opening message for the freshman class, you know that the, uh, the, the at the beginning of the semester, and he talked about Shakespeare and and how important Shakespeare was. And I began to think then, because I was already doing just the best literature, I thought, what if we just had a, you know, one program just on Shakespeare? What would that be like? And so, so then I think it was the next year he gave another lecture on Shakespeare, using the book about you know who Shakespeare really was. This know? was like 2017, 2018, something right. like that, right? Right. It was years, really years afterwards. And uh, I remember when I heard the first lecture, I said, "Wow, I'd really like to teach Shakespeare." And then, then, then I said, "Wow, I'd really like to do a Shakespeare podcast." And then, what I I sat down with him. We, we you know we we have a meeting every year about literature we're going to discuss in the sophomore class. We usually do it every summer, and then we discuss what we're going to do with JBL. So there's a new JBL series coming. When once we finish. You know, Bobby Dick. Then we're going to be into the new series, and uh, um, so I'm not going to talk what that is yet. I'm going to announce it. We'll announce it on JBL. But then, when he kept giving these these uh, great messages about Shakespeare, and then then when he talked about Shakespeare in the British Empire, that set me over the moon, and I thought we've got to do a Shakespeare podcast. <laughs> and so, so I, I I actually asked him, could we have a meeting about it? And I said, can we talk about this? And I went in and I gave him the list of plays I wanted to do. And I wanted to tell him how I did it. I wanted it to be based on leadership. And I wanted it to be based on, you know, nation building. And it's basically on all of his articles that he's written. You kind of just combine them. And he just looked at me and it was really funny. He was, he was making notes, you know, how he does. And he's making notes. All of a sudden he looked up at me and he said, I think that would be fantastic for KPCG. And so, so, and then he let me go. I mean, he, he knew what I was doing, but then he let me go and he let me develop it. And so, so it took a little while to, uh, you know, to, to really, and I'm still in some ways experimenting with how to do it. And, uh, but, but I really had the ideas of, of then of just using some of our former students from Britain that have the nice British accents and they loved, these are the students that really love Shakespeare. And so, so I got them, and then there's a few members over there that really love Shakespeare. And so I just thought, I said to my wife, why don't we use other voices instead of me just reading everything all the time? <laughs> and we decided to try it, and I think so far it's working, working really well. Yes, they, they have those f fancy accents, which makes mm -hmm. it quite a pleasant listen, listening yeah. to Shakespeare's royal education and hearing close to 10 or, or so people in the in the episode is is actually quite refreshing. I think it is yeah. too. Yeah. It, it seems like anytime there is a different voice on in any of these shows people really appreciate that a lot. Like they appreciate interviews, they appreciate conversations. Now you have a whole cast of fancy accented people <laughs> to to do your voiceover. So that's pretty special. Yeah. So you you mentioned being a Herbert W. Armstrong College instructor of Shakespeare here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And you've talked before on Just the Best Literature about things that your students have mentioned in class while you've covered Shakespeare. So is there anything that stands out to you about what what their reflections are, what you've learned from the class based on some of the students' comments? What, what, what's really interesting about this, and uh, I'm glad you bring it up, 
because the the the, the thing that I've learned about our students now some of them are coming to us some of them have been in public school and then also some of them have also been online with uh, our imperial academy but but uh, what i've learned is that some of them come in and they're really kind of nervous about it because you know shakespeare at first is hard to read i mean that's we'll be honest about it but but it's not old English, and they, they think it's going to be old English, and it's going to be really hard. And they always tell me, "Oh man, this is old English." And I said, "It's not old English." I said, "I've had to take classes with old English. I know it's not old English." <laughs> and I said, "It's actually the same same words as in the, the King James Bible." And they went, "No." And I show them where there's the same words that Shakespeare's using. It's in the Bible. And, and uh, you know, they said, oh, we didn't know that. But, but what I found out, the more excited I am about it and the more I work hard to really help them to understand it, they actually love it. By the end of the semester, they said, wow, this is the best class we ever had. Mm. But they come in with the idea, oh, I don't know if I want to take this, you know. So, so but, but it really is a lot of, um, uh, of fun. And to be honest, um, I learn a lot from them because they they have fresh ideas. And I'll, you know, I've always, you know, what, what we do is we read the plays out loud in class. Then we have a day just for discussion. And so they can read it, you know, and I'm right there with them. And if they if they stumble and they can't read words, I tell them what the words are and what it means. But but I really feel like they grow in the depth of their thinking from the Shakespeare class. And I, I tell them, I said, I don't take this casually. You know, I don't I don't just give them the same lectures every year either. You know, it's always new because each class is new. And so so I, I've really learned that that um, you know, if if you really can show a student how much you love something difficult, they learn to love it too. Yes. So your Shakespeare class, not just Shakespeare, right? It's literature. Yeah, the first semester is literature. Okay. And it's just like Conrad and Melville, or like Moby Dick. And, you know, that's that's in the first section. Mm-hmm. But then the second semester is just Shakespeare. And it's a required class? Yeah. It, they have to, sophomores have to take it too. Well, that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. About just how important it is at, at God's College that this class teaching about Shakespeare is required. So this does lead me into my next question. William Shakespeare died hundreds of years ago. <laughs> yeah, over 400. Yeah. So why should we care about this dead guy? Well, the, the, one, one of the things that about William Shakespeare is um, he, he really was ahead of his time with language. And his writing is really superb. And, and, it, and, uh, in terms of the English language, if if you really let's say if you understand the history of the English language, it was you know it's partly from the German. It it takes a lot of its from French, you know, even some of the I think there's even some Spanish in it. But but in some ways, he elevated the English language to a more pure language, and there's a lot that Shakespeare did in, in developing words like the word monarchize. And that comes out in his play, Richard II. It's the first time it's used. But to monarchize is to act like a king. Well, 
I did it in a monarchy way, you know. And so, so he he's the one that developed that word, and a lot of the phrases that we, I, I always I love to show them the phrases, you know, uh, that that he is, uh, you know, phrased his writing. He can he can phrase meaning really in poetry. He can get, give you great meaning, like in uh, in King Lear. Uh, King Lear is trying to get his three daughters to tell them how much he loves them, how much they love him. And whoever says they love him the most, uh, he's going to give the better part of land. It's a big lie. He's already planning to give it all to his favorite daughter, who's the youngest one. And the two older sisters, it, it's, it's, uh, it's really sad. They don't love their father at all. And they make up this Oh, these long statements about how much they love him, and Cordelia standing on the side, and she's going, "Oh yeah, right. You know, I know what they're thinking. You know, so, so he he tries to get Cordelia to tell him how much he loves him, and she doesn't want to do it. And he says, "What do you have to say?" And she says, "Nothing." And he comes back with the phrase, "Nothing comes from nothing." So you've heard that before. That's right out of Shakespeare. And, and uh, you show them that as well, like you show your students, look, this came out of, out of Shakespeare. You know, uh, we band of brothers. That's out, right out of Henry V. Wow. You know, um, the, the undiscovered country, you know what that was? That's from Star Trek. Hmm. That's in one of Hamlet's soliloquies. All right. He's talking about the guy that dies, and he said he's gone on to the undiscovered country, but he's not coming back. You know, the kind of thing. So what it's the whole idea of the question, what why are we here? You know, it's all in the undiscovered country. You go there, but you don't come back. Right. You know? And Shakespeare did talk a lot about the important issues. He was no shallow thinker in any way. He talked about the afterlife. He talked about uh empire, like you mentioned before. A lot of politics. Politics too. He is really into politics. In and, fact in fact you know, you get into King Lear, first line is about politics. He goes right to it. And, you know, James I just took over England. He's no longer the Elizabethan poet. He's now the Jacobian poet. James is James VI of Scotland. He's king of Scotland. Now he's king of England. He wants to unite them. It's hard to unite Scots and English. <laughs> and so, so the whole thing is... Lear is about ready to make the biggest mistake of his life. He's going to divide England between his three daughters. And the two two leading characters in his court say, what's all this talk about division? That's like the first three lines of the play. Wow. It's politics. <laughs> and so he hits with it, you know, right up front. So, Yes, and I, I really, now that you mention it, and I'm thinking more about King Lear, I do think that was my personal favorite but i didn't even know a lot of that background i mean you do have to be pretty knowledgeable and and study into the meaning of it or else you wouldn't even you don't grasp it, what it's right? really all about so that it. that's what really makes shakespeare a necessary class that's what gives you all the material that you have to cover in an entire semester worth of classes so that is pretty fascinating um obviously we talk a lot about Shakespeare in connection with the Bible. Maybe you could just talk about how the Bible influenced his thinking. Well, one one of the things I think it's really interesting about that is, you know, 
there's a lot of scholars in this world that are, you know, could care less about religion, but there, there are a lot of scholars that have studied Shakespeare and they know without a shadow of doubt that he knew the King James Bible backwards and forwards. And he, he actually incorporates it right into the plays. And so, so that we know that he valued the truth of some of those scriptures. You know, in, in, in terms of how it does with human, the human condition and how it does with human relations, you know, um, you know, Hamlet, you know, the, the uh, Claudius is the king and he kills his brother because he wants to marry his wife and have the kingdom. And then he talks about, you know, it's the, it's the uh, early, if I can remember correctly, I, the, the elder, elder brother's curse or something like that, but it, it actually goes back to, Cain and Abel. He's referring exactly to what happened. He says, I committed the same murder that Cain did. So why would Shakespeare say that? Right. And why would the same sins repeat themselves for thousands of years right. if humans are always improving, if if human nature is always getting better, which a lot of people think that today. Yeah. And, and yet Shakespeare exposed that there is nothing new under the sun, which right. the Bible talks about. Human beings have been doing the same evil things for our entire existence. Right. Right. He knew that. And that Bible says that we're desperately wicked to the core. Right. So, so in other words, it, it, Shakespeare was communicating that the sin of Claudius killing his brother was on the same level as Cain. You know, it was really serious. It was very destructive. And of course, then, you know, marrying his wife, you know, taking, I mean, she's involved too. And of course, then Hamlet goes to his mom and says, look, mom, you better repent. I mean, uh, I don't see many playwrights today doing that. <sighs> you know, well, so. then there is that soliloquy where the new king is trying to repent, but he thinks his sin is so severe and damning that there's no way to repent. So yeah. it's just that look into the struggles that we all have internally and just regretting things we've done in the past and having a hard time moving on and doing the right thing in the future. I mean, it, it really does speak deeply to pretty much anyone who would read that. Yeah. I, th I think it even goes, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to school you here or, or, you know, I'm not acting as your instructor, but go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that whole thing with Claudius is he doesn't want to repent because mm. to repent he has to give up the wife and he has to give up the throne it means it means change that's yeah. that's the hard thing about repentance it's not just saying you're sorry yeah, yeah. he's not going to do it he's going to just go with it mm. and then of course he ends up losing his life at the end yeah so so one thing about shakespeare in the bible is is he uses the bible to show the consequences of your actions and it's really great you know henry the fifth there's probably more scriptures in that play than there is in any of the other ones. Hamlet is probably second in terms of scriptures used. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, he definitely knew the Bible and he definitely understood, you know, what God was trying to do with the Bible and, and to, uh, you know, tell us, look, if you live this way, you're not living as noble as you can. And there's a lot of nobility if you do it right. And that's a lot of people don't understand what the Bible is about. But the Bible, God's whole plan is to make every human being nobility. 
that's what the Bible's all about. But no one knows that because no one understands it. Right. And there are a lot of deep messages in Shakespeare, like you just were talking about with Hamlet. I might be changing my mind now about what my favorite is. I just said it was King Lear, but Hamlet is is up there too. That might be my favorite if I really take some time to get those in order. But you you said in the first episode of Shakespeare's Royal Education that your favorite uh, Shakespeare writing will change just about every week. And every person you tell uh, what which one your favorite is, you'll be telling a different favorite different too. Yeah. So what's your favorite this week? Well, obviously it has to be King Lear. Mm. I mean, because I'm right in the middle of it. I mean, I'm <laughs> deep into it. But, but you know, I, I think about, I think about this all the time is I, I, it's hard for me to actually say what is a favorite because I teach them so much. I'm involved in them so much. They're all my favorites. You know, I love, I love Othello. You know, it's, it's, the theme is kind of hard sometimes, but it just, there's this character Iago who is just as evil as the devil. He even calls himself Satan. And you've got Othello who is absolutely innocent and he gets so trapped and he ends up killing himself at the end because he's been manipulated by Iago. I mean, that's, those are so vivid and it's 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 something if you can if you get the students to see and i really believe shakespeare was was doing that he was trying to give them a real good picture of what the devil and that's my grandson's calls it the devil the devil <laughs> the devil <laughs> uh, but but it really will show you what the devil is out to do to every one of us you know and so so uh but 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 I, honestly i think that um you know, I look forward to, you know, that uh, my first class for this semester is Friday and we're going to get into Julius Caesar. That's my favorite play on Friday. All right. Uh, so, so in fact, for the costume party, my wife is, uh, we're, we're having a costume, you know, dance, I guess, in the, for the church and I'm coming as Julius Caesar. Oh, that's exciting. I know. She's making this costume. It's, I can't wait to see that. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, so we're going as as uh, Julius Caesar and Copernicus. Oh, that's great! I wonder if anyone else is going to use Shakespeare for that dance. I don't know. That's a that's there are a lot of characters to pull from. With <laughs> my that. wife was a little. She says, "Why don't you just go as a cowboy?" I said, "Because I'm not a cowboy." You, you might be one of thirty cowboys if you go. That's as right. A cowboy. <laughs> this is Oklahoma. I said, <laughs> "I said, you know, it's me. I've got to stand out. If I go as Julius Caesar." everyone's going to go, what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just have one question, one more question for you. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on, Mr. Leap. It's been, uh, it's flown by. We're already at the end of this. Uh, my last question is how will listeners benefit from Shakespeare's royal education? I, I think one thing that that's really going to, my, my goal, like for all of them is one to, to make them more Shakespeare friendly, I, I think they're going to have that benefit. And I was even talking to, you know, someone recently. They said that that uh, they, they said that whenever you begin to explain it, it really makes sense, you know, and, and so they could be less afraid of it. But I also, I also think that it's going to help people learn to think more deeply. And you know, if they start listening to Shakespeare and they start reading it, maybe they'll turn their television off more because really television and the internet just rot your brain and so so they need to think about deeper things 
And so I think that's the big advantage for them is, is uh, so much in this world right now is pretty discouraging. But I think if they can get their minds on something else, mm. and because uh, a lot of Shakespeare is discouraging, but there's a positive outcome. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So maybe you could just conclude with giving us the information when when Shakespeare's Royal Education will first air each new episode on KPCG. What day? What time? How can people find it? So so there's there's two new programs a month, and so um, they will always be on a Wednesday. It's probably going to be the uh, uh, I think it's going to be the first and third Wednesday of every month. Now, the, the thing is, we've taped four, so the first two months are basically done. And, uh, and because I got the crom last week, <laughs> as, your, as your uncle calls it, the crom, uh, we're a little bit behind. Mm. But, but there's going to be two a month. But they run for a full two weeks. So, so it's, we had to manipulate... Um, our uh, IT department had to fix it so that once the one podcast comes up, it stays up there for two weeks so they can see it for two weeks. So, mm. so uh, that, there's a lot of material for them okay. to, to pay attention to because it's an hour podcast. So, so essentially every other Wednesday then right. people can look forward to a new episode. Well, Mr. Leap, we really appreciate it. We have a new show at KPCG called Shakespeare's Royal Education, hosted by Mr. Dennis Leap. You can listen for those every other Wednesday at kpcg.fm. And anywhere, if you're in the Edmond, Oklahoma area, pretty much anywhere nearby campus, you can listen at 101.3 FM on the radio as you're driving around. So thanks a lot, Mr. Leap. I really well, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'd love to come and uh, maybe I'll come again. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm Grant Turgeon, and this has been Behind the Work. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.